0: And we welcome you to the Solar Powered Podcast. I am Ryan Hall from Royal Hearts Coaching, royalheartscoaching.com, life and relationship coaching for kings. And if you've been following the podcast over the past few months, um, you've been listening to a lot of my fellow authors from The Great Pause, Blessings and Wisdom from COVID 19. And one of the biggest lessons that I've taken away from that. Um, from these interviews is just the fact that so many people are learning to slow down and press pause and really take stock of their lives and figure out just what's working for them, what's not working for them, and really building, just rebuilding their lives from the ground floor. And um got a really, got a, got a treat on the line for you here today. His name is Tommy Breedlove. First of all, he's got a great name, but second of all, he's um He's a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of a really awesome book called Legendary. And um, let's go down to the great state of Georgia and uh, talk to a Georgia Bulldog. I won't hold that against him too much.
1: Tommy Breedlove, welcome to the Solar Power Podcast, my friend. What an honor to be here, Ryan. I'm so thankful and grateful for you. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to talking about everything that you want to talk about, brother. I'm so excited. I am. I am too. I'm, I'm
0: grateful we were able to get connected here. So my first question is that I usually ask my
1: first time guests is who is Tommy Breedlove? Oh gosh. When I can, when I can answer that, I, I, I hope, uh, I hope to actually never know that. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> honestly, because right. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, to me it's, I'm about seeking and growing, right? And The more I travel around the world, the more I read, the more I do one-on-one coaching or conversations like this is I realize how little I know about me, how little I know about life and how little I know in general. And, um, so if I had to say, if I had to label who Tommy Breedlove is, he's someone who always seeks to be a little bit better for himself and others each and every day. And I literally want to live a purpose filled life of significance and meaning. And to me that begins and ends with serving yourself first, so that you can serve and love others uh, better. And so that's who I would say Tommy Breedlove is. But if you want to know some of the fun stuff, I live down in North Atlanta, Georgia, have a beautiful wife. We've been married 19 years. We've been together 25 years, if you can believe that. Two amazing hounds, an unbelievable team, and um, just... Just very, very grateful each and every day of my life for the each and every breath. And that's a little bit about who I am. <laughs> beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Um, yeah, Tommy and I were both longtime Atlanta Braves fans and just talking about some of the uh some of the old school Atlanta Braves names from the past, you know, Dale Murphy, Bob Horner, Glenn Hubbard, one of my favorites. So you know, definitely got some, uh, you know, definitely got some connection here.
1: Those were painful days, though. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Oh, God. I don't like... know which
1: was worse, when we were that bad or that we were that good and could never win the World Series. I don't know which one was hurt worse. <laughs> The, yeah, the mere fact that three Hall of Fame starting pitchers and they only
0: got one World Series out of the bunch.
1: We were in a bunch of them.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I still have, I still, I still have flashbacks from 1996 and that lollipop slider that Mark Wolters threw Jim Lehrer levy <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some, sometime we got to let it go. So if you're a Georgia Bulldog, Atlanta Braves, and Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta Hawks fan, it is a pretty miserable, um, For me, being a fan of those teams, it certainly does show me humility and patience. I can, I I can, I can see why, and I
0: will, I will, with, I will, um, I will keep from bringing up second and twenty-six here in our conversation. I was at
1: the game. Oh, you were. I was there. Uh, All
0: right. Well, Well, I was in a bar getting drunk with some friends. the (laughs) time of my life up here in Stanford, Connecticut.
1: I wish I was doing that instead of paid all that money to go to that football game. So here we go. Can only imagine. (laughs) Can only imagine. But listen, what's your story?
0: I mean, kind of, you know, you've got a really great story, really fascinating story to me. So just kind of fill us in about uh, just like your journey to where you like where you started and you know, how you wound up here.
1: Yeah, brother. So I um, I grew up in a good solid blue collar part of South Atlanta near the airport. So even if you haven't been to Atlanta, chances are you've been in the Atlanta airport. Seems like everybody's either been stuck there or connected there at one time in their life. So I grew up right near there. Um, grew up humble beginnings, good, solid blue collar. I was actually the first person in my family to graduate college, which is something I'm, I'm really proud of. And still to this day, the only one, um, I married into a college graduate. So I married up, which is really good, but, uh, grew up in and around a lot of, um, violence and abuse inside and out of the home. And I was scheduled, I had a full ride to the university of Georgia, half a ride to the university of Miami down in Florida and a bunch of other scholarship offers to be the first person to actually go to school. And unfortunately, I became what I disliked the most, is a person who grew up in violence and bullying and abuse, you become what you hate. And at 18 years old, instead of heading off to college like the rest of us, I committed a violent crime, and I was looking at seven years in prison. And uh, from a lot of good luck and the fact that it was my first offense, um, that was dropped to two misdemeanors, two heavy misdemeanors, but I did spend my 19th birthday incarcerated. Um, probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I was going down a pretty slippery slope of terrible behaviors that could have cost me a lot more. Um, But what was cool about that is an African-American gentleman in his 40s Um, cross the racial lines, which is unusual um, in those institutions. It's very racially segregated. Oh, I see the Pope. Is that a puppy in the background? So cute. Um, (laughs) For those listening to the podcast, there's a, we're on, we're on video. So I can see his adorable doggy. Um, I'm a doggy (laughs) fan, but anyway, so he reached across and it was basically the first male mentor that appeared in my life and said, I don't, you don't belong here. You're not going to be here. And he loved me and mentored me, uh, held me accountable. And Dusted myself off, went and worked at a nuclear waste container factory for $6 an hour during the day for 50 hours a week. Community college at night, ended back at the University of Georgia, thank goodness, and graduated um, with a business degree in accounting. And went from a jail cell to Deloitte, which what I think now is the largest financial consulting firm in the world, but back then it was certainly one of the top four or five. Um, so it's really a remarkable story that I was able to do that. So fast forward 16 years, and coming from pretty humble beginnings, I thought that money, power, shiny suits, suit and ties, fancy cars in the corner office that literally looked down on Atlanta would fill my soul and my heart and my mind. And when that didn't work, when the money, the power, the prestige didn't, I turned to every other dark thing. Imagine the Wolf of Wall Street type lifestyle. Woke up in a ditch. In downtown Atlanta, I was probably doing some big deal the week before and someplace God knows where, and looked up at the sky and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I was 36 years old, a junior partner at the firm, and said, I don't know who I am and where I'm going. You asked me who I am. And then I really didn't know. But at least now I have direction. I am I always go in the direction of my heart and integrity. But back then, I didn't. And so I went home and told my wife, look, I need to go figure who I am. What was cool, this is a little side story, is um, clearly we were going through a lot of marriage counseling at the time. And (laughs) who knows why, right? Yeah. yeah. Who knew? No idea. idea. (laughs) Who knew? Um, But uh, I'll never forget one of the counselors. I didn't even like this guy. But uh, one of the counselors said, um, you know, there's a place in Tennessee, Tommy, that can do more for you in seven days than I will be able to do in 10 years. Because he saw that anger, that darkness, that closeness. I couldn't feel. And it was just about competing, winning, and conquering. And um, I went there and it was truly one of the most life transformation seven days of my life. And that started my journey of mental growth, emotional growth, spiritual growth, physical growth, and just figuring out, you know, who I was, my integrity, my principles and standing on those and not being the the guy who was so scared of his own shadow, even though I didn't look like it, you would have thought I had everything the way I looked, but I, I didn't. I was just a scared little boy saying, see me, hear me, love me. And... Literally in those, I never had thought I would leave the financial consulting public accounting world in those three years because I just started becoming me, because I was living with integrity and leadership and because I was spending one to two hours a day working on me with coaches and mentors. I joined the mastermind. You know, I was doing all of reading every book I can, journaling, you name it, meditating. Um, the most remarkable things started happening in my life. My marriage became the best it's ever been. My friendships changed, negative people went out of my life, positive people came in, my network 10x and I doubled my income in less than three years. And I went from junior partner to senior partner to international practice leader to literally elected to the board of directors at 39 years old. And most of the board members were in their 60s of so a very large financial firm here wow. based in Atlanta, but it was it's an international firm just by being a good guy. And you know, I, I was literally financially set the rest of my life. I mean, I was at the top of the game. I was living with integrity and grace. And then all of a sudden, you know, other plans happened and all of these entrepreneurs, corporate executives, bankers, lawyers, accountants started reaching out to me and said, look man, they're very ambitious driven people. They were probably successful in their own right financially, but they were struggling in so many other areas in their life and they're like, look man, you didn't give up your ambition and drive but you did change. You seem happier. Your relationship with your wife's better. You seem at peace um, and you don't seem to get caught up in the minutia and what other people think. And I was like, you're absolutely right, but it's a lot of work. So when all of those people started reaching out to, to, um, to help me and I just didn't love the financial world anymore, <clears throat> I decided to sell my equity and walk away at the top of my game and um, spent the last seven years uh, one-on-one coaching, men's masterminds, um, running retreats, public speaking. And as I started coaching these men and women, um, this formula about how I transform my life with mastering mindset, developing unconditional love for myself, self-confidence, self-respect, reconquering our time, living with purpose and not doing all that without compromising your career and money. And it became a formula. And that's where I knew my book Legendary is like I was living, I wanted a lifestyle business because I'd worked 80, 90 hours for 20 years in the financial consulting business. I wanted to work half a year and play half a year. But when I saw the impact of this work and simple tools that people can do in their life, how much it could change them, that's when I knew I wanted to write the book. And I'm, I'm very thankful that it's been a commercial success hitting a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And I think in these times, books like this to help people with time to help people with money to help people with confidence to help people stop the worry fear to help them have better relationships i think these are necessities and not luxuries and so i'm just thankful um that i had the courage to walk away at the top of my game i mean i literally walked away from a significant amount of money each and every year to chase this dream and to follow my purpose and passions and i've never been more happier i don't i'm not saying uh, there's not good days and bad days and we me and my team work as hard as we've ever worked because we believe in it so much now. And so that's my, I know you have a hero's journey and that's my hero's journey. And I'm still blessed to be living it. Here I am, you know, I 39, I'm 46 now. So seven years after leaving the firm. So here I am. well,
0: wow. wow. And just absolutely just grabbing life by the, you know, just grabbing life by the horns and just wrestling it to the ground and just owning it and you know that's the thing to me just in everything that you just shared that's the thing that just really stuck out to me is that this this transformation work that we do I mean we're both coaches here this tra- but this transformation work that we do is not just the work that we like the homework that we give our clients this is the work that we're doing on ourselves and becoming and, and just and not becoming real but just uncovering, what's sitting there, just like dormant, like, you know, like like with me, just living just so such such an unfulfilled life of just, you know, clocking in at work and, you know, doing my job and, you know, blah, 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 just but just like, that grind just gets to you. And I haven't that it was just that it was the same way for you. It was just like, almost like, almost like a, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going
1: to take this anymore moment. And you just left. Mm. So at, I wasn't, I would have said that would have been totally true at 37. Um, at 39, I wouldn't, because that's when I went through my transformations at 37. Right. And I literally made me my full-time job. And then the success I had in my career and in life were just so, like you said, I have coaches, I read books, I do the journaling. I med- everything that I talk about, I do. At 39, when I left, I wasn't angry. I would say the word was unfulfilled. And I realized, and there was a sadness. There was a mourning to it. There was a lot of money. So there was a lot of fear. My network didn't understand it. They all teased me and made fun of me. A lot of them left as my network friends. But I think for me, it became more apparent that it felt, I know this sounds a little woo-woo, but it felt like a calling. I saw that, you know, just in my life just having these conversations with all these people and helping them to be, to, I don't change people to realize to be their best selves and their most happy fulfilled selves. And I do believe you can have it all in life. I think if I, I knew if I would have stayed and just played that game. And there was also some things that the firm did and it's not necessarily my firm, the firm that I owned. And it was a, it was a nice size firm, just the industry and in, in general, how they treat people and you know, that chasing the same carrot that they're never going to get there. It just was, it just seemed like the life that I didn't want to live anymore. And I knew when I didn't want to do it, I couldn't sell it. And I didn't want to recruit people to be in. And that was part of my major role as a partner in the firm was to hire other people to come do it. And I was like, I don't want to do that to these people. Um, I knew when that was it, it was time for me to go. And it was time for me. I didn't want to live with regrets. I wanted to take courageous action. And I wanted to be the guy in the arena not the guy on the sideline. And I know I would have regretted life if I didn't do it. So it was more of a unfulfilled stress and I knew it wasn't my truth. And I knew if I would have stayed, I would have became a cancer of the organization and that would have made me angry. And so I think I was angry at 37, but when I left, there was a sadness, there was a mourning. there was, Oh shit, what am I going to do now? You know, it's one of those moments. And, um, I think that would have been more my case at the time.
0: Got it. Got it. So I'm almost like I'm hearing like it just like it just woke you up. Like it just woke you up to your authenticity and your truth and what you were really put on this planet to do and to be with your time and, you know, with your talents and with your, you know, and, and
1: with your presence. I think so and I think I think that's a great point. Um and it wasn't an overnight transition. Um when I none first of the, none of this um, and it wasn't like hey I you know I don't even know if I'm a coach. You know I don't know I don't even know what that means. Um the title we call ourselves um you know I think I think you know, wisdom is knowledge meets experiences, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I learned about a lot of things, what not to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And so, um, I mean, I mean, it wound you up in jail for crying out loud. Yeah, no kidding. And, and yeah. almost cost me everything twice. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> but I think the combination of a big financial consulting background, a big business background meets a lot of pain, meets a lot of triumph. A, there was a lot of goodness in that story too. And, and um really overcoming a lot from confidence to respect to love for myself to relationship with my wife. I think it's a combination of all those. And then, like you said, I still do the work I have. I belong, you know, not only do I run my own mastermind programs, I belong to two of that I am in. I also have a coach currently. Actually I'm getting ready to change coaches to a new one. I just wrapped up my agreement with one coach and going to another one. And, I do the work each and every day and I think if you're called to do this work and I, I call us healers more than anything, you know, there's medical healers, but there's also emotional, physical, physical business healers. And so I think we're in the healing business. And I think for us, I get the, the, the pleasure of talking in the mirror each and every day. So when I'm talking to a client, I get to ask myself, am I doing this? Are you currently drinking this water that you're, you're helping others to understand? Not only that, but I think for us to be world class in our craft, we always have to be working on ourselves on all facets and, and walk the walk that doesn't mean we 're perfect it doesn't mean we 're gurus or sages on the stage, but it does mean we we take action every day to help ourselves so that we can help others and I think that's what 's so important about this work that we do indeed indeed there's a
0: you know there's an old song from uh, from the uh, legendary Layla album from Derek and the dominoes called keep on growing and that's the thing that just jumps out at me with what you just shared and really the work that we do is that there is never there's never a finish line to growth there's never a finish line to you know to transformation I mean technically there is it's the day that they lower you into the
1: ground that's right (laughs) that's it and that's one of the biggest you know people don't realize what a gift knowing that is I think We all think we're immortal until we're not. And um, it's the really only certainty we have in life is that life is preciously short. And we don't know if it's 99 years or 105 years or 20 years, 15 years, 30 years, 50 years. We just don't know. And if you're going to live life unhappy or unfulfilled or not chase that dream or ask that boy or girl out or follow your heart, you will when that time comes. And it's not if it comes, it's when. And it's very fast. It's a gift for us to know that. But it's a gift for us to know what to use it. You know, do we, and you know, the days are long, but the years are super short, brother. And so how do we, you know, seize the day and be a little bit better, follow our passions, follow our heart, and to leave this beautiful planet and our fellow humans a little bit better than we found them, I think is truly, truly living a legendary life. And so that's, that's. You know, I called the book Legendary. I'm certainly no legend and nor would I proclaim myself. But what I like about the title Legendary, it's given to us by our peers, our friends, our society, our community, our families. And we can either be a horrific legend, and there's been a lot of those, or we can be a beautiful, loving legend. And it doesn't mean you're rich or famous. It just means you lived the legendary life. And that's given to us by other people. And I think that truly is what life is all about. And that's why we chose that for the title. I love, I love it. Speaking of the book, what's it about? <laughs> well, it literally is a simple playbook. Um, it's filled with great st- stories. Um, it's got a little bit on me. I didn't want to make it about me. Um, it's got a lot of inspiring stories about people in my network and in my communities who I think are building and living legendary lives. And that's what the book's about. And what does that mean? That means a life filled with purpose. That means a, a, A a life building toward financial confidence, a financial mindset, going toward financial freedom. It means a life where our time is ours. It's not a life filled of stress and overwhelm and busy, but where we conquer our time. But we also talk about building our network. We talk about, you know, how do we cut off the noise of society? Society is just noise, noise, noise of division, fear, angst worry and it's all nonsense it's all we create our own poise. it's the craziest thing we're doing right now but then I go into the real stuff the stuff that you know that's what people want they want more time they want more money they want more freedom and they want more purpose but what we also need is that mindset mastery getting rid of that voice inside our head that says we're not good enough and we're not enough we're not lovable but also building toward true confidence, true self-respect, true self-esteem, to develop unconditional love for ourselves so that we can truly love others. And finally, more intimate, better relationships with our family, our friends, our colleagues, our network. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about true intimacy, true listening, true depth, true connection with our fellow human beings. And for me, that's what building a legendary life is. And it's simple tools, simple playbooks, stuff that I've, you know, people hire me to coach them one-on-one and get in my masterminds or run retreats for them. And I was like, literally, if you really want the really, really inexpensive version, just download the books. So that's what we're going to do. Um, but it is it is something that I think is a necessity in this time and not a luxury. And I think it really, if you just apply one simple tool in the book or you're inspired by one of the, the fun stories and you do that for 365 days or even 30 days, your life will be better than it was when you started, but you've got to take action and take continued action and choose to do something about your current situation. And that's what legendary is all about.
0: I love it. I love it. And it's a It's a fabulous book. I read it from cover to cover and I got a ton of value from it. Just, just really from the, just not so much from, not so much from like the step-by-step playbook, but just how, how it can apply to real people. This is, you know, these are, you know, this, you're you're not talking about sages and gurus no. and, you know, you know, people who, you know, meditate under fig trees for six months. We're talking <laughs> about real people in real lives. And that is the, that was the biggest value that I took away from it.
1: Yeah. We don't go into, you know, we're not going to talk about the Bissos and the Deepak Chopras and the um, you know, the, the, the true, this is normal people doing normal things, living normal lives, whatever that means. Um, but it's people who are diving. they have defined their success and is their success being able to come home with their kids at night, or is their success being able to travel the world while they work? Or is their success being scaling a business? Or is their success just finding their truth? And it's simple stories. It's fun stories in how these people And we all have our challenges, right? We all have our wounds, our stories, our mistakes, our deepest, darkest secrets, our deepest, darkest desires. But we're all human. And the key to this book is I think it's got a lot of vulnerability to it. I think it's got a lot of authenticity to it. And I think it's real. I don't think it's just some guy on the stage bouncing up and down, getting you pumped up. I think it's about not just getting you pumped up, I think it's also about taking action, taking simple action, loving yourself. Um, being able to sit in a room by yourself and, and do the deep thinking, look in the mirror and say, that is the mirror says two things. That is the problem. And it's also the solution. And so um, I think it's just, I think it's real stories. I think it's real tactics and I, and I think it's a simple, fun read too. I think it's something that, and now it's audible. So I'm really excited about that. If you like my Southern accent, you want me to read you to bed at night, here it is. And so I think it's cool <laughs> that, you know, cause I think a lot of people, you know, we're, we're impatient next thing, next thing we're the YouTube and, you know, Instagram generation. And I think it's all about, you know, feed me now and make me entertain now. And whereas we need to sit back, soak in some knowledge, soak in some wisdom, soak in some goodness, soak in some love. And I think audible is a good way to do that. (laughs) I I couldn't, could not agree more. Just,
0: I've gotten so much um, from some of the books that I've taken in just so much from just, i sitting in traffic out on a run at the gym, just, but just still taking in that knowledge. And that, that's why I, that's why I love podcasting so much is that yeah. it's that, it's, it's that personal connection, you know?
1: Uh, totally. And the truth is we can learn something from every single human being we meet or interact with. Um, it's just a matter of, are we conscious enough to hear what they're saying? And are we conscious sometimes to hear what they're not saying, that there's some things that aren't said that we need to hear. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hearing, (laughs) hearing
0: between the words. That's right.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a perpetual student? Oh God. Yeah. Um, I've, I've come up with What I think is the meaning of life and the very last thing I say is um, to never stop learning and growing. And perpetual student, I read and or listen to books incessantly. Um, I'm constantly in deep conversations with people. And I wasn't kidding. And it, it sounds like almost a cliched statement is the more I've traveled the world, the more I talk to people, young people, old people and everything in between and people of different cultures and religions is man, I really don't know anything. And there's just so much learnings in science and humanity and sociology and religion and spirituality and love and business. And like, my God, I don't, I'll never know anything, but I'm going to work at learning and growing each and every day. And to me, that's the last part of the definition I say on the meaning to life is to never stop learning and growing because if you're not learning and growing, you're, you know, you're either growing or dying. Right. And so, um, when our bodies start giving out on us, doesn't mean our hearts and souls can't learn something every day. So yeah, I'm a to say I'm a perpetual student. If I had to put a job title on me that I would actually love, that would be it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, when you were when you were sharing that, I
0: I I just flashed on the on the recent passing of Chadwick Bowman the, act, uh, Bozeman, the actor,
1: and so just, young, so oh young.
0: God, the, and the crazy thing is, is that he's only about, he was only about five months older than I am. We're essentially the same age. Mm. And that number 43 has just really been stuck in my heart lately. But I say this because so many, I mean, was he a hell of an actor? Yes, he was. But he he was only a public figure, like a star for seven years. I mean, the um, 42, the Jackie Robinson movie came out only in 2013. And, but I've heard so many people talking about the impact that he has left, not as an actor, but as a, but as a father, as a friend, as a, just somebody out in the world. And that's because he was so humble and so just like his humility was so there. And I think that's, that's really an important key when it comes to when it comes to leaving a real impact on the world, it's just being human and having that humility, having that just humbleness, um, and just not letting the success get to your head. And I have it that a lot of people, maybe even you included, when you were at the top of your game in the financial world, maybe you let your success get to your head a little bit.
1: I think I think it's human to do that. Yeah, it's called pride. Um, yeah. And what's interesting about pride and envy is they're, they're both deliciously the I don't know the right word. Toxic. You know, envy is, you know, wishing you had something someone else does. And there's a difference between envy and celebrating someone with success and, or happiness or love or whatever it is. But here's the truth. And pride is looking down on people, right? Or not forgetting your roots or who you are and that the fact that we all put on our pants, we all poop, we all bleed, and we will all die um and that not to take ourselves too seriously but anytime you look down on someone it's there was one time that you probably stood in that place in that proverbial line right Right. and so one thing that's important for me and this is why I work with coaches and mentors and masterminds is you know the more success you have or the more fame you have or the more shiny things because our our society. And I, I'm the first to tell you that money is important. I mean, it is important. If you want to make great impact and experience life to its fullest, you need to make some money and as much money as your heart desires. And, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah. A, a big part of your book too. Yeah. And the, the shiny thing, and I wasn't even going to put it in there, but because I had a 22-year financial consulting background and it's, the, it's one of the most important things in life is to is to be able to, you know, money is is a part of modern society, and it's super important. And we don't do a good job of educating people on how to not only think about money, to use money, but also how to actually do it. And I, I give you a crash course in the book on that. But getting back to it, it's, it's one of those things that I have to constantly remind myself of, um, is don't drink your own Kool-Aid. Um, don't take yourself too seriously. And this could all end, and I'm not saying this in a you know, in a bad way, but, you know, this could all be taken away from you in seconds. And, you know, when you're coming from pride or arrogance, it's just another form of insecurity is, um, you know, we got to remember that too is arrogance is insecurity on steroids. And, you know, whether it's self, you know, self-sabotage or self deed, you know, where we, we make ourselves a God, it's all the same delusion. And at the end of the day, it's important for us to keep humility, keep vulnerability. And, um, and and keep perspective indeed indeed and
0: you know one more thing i'd love to talk about is just how i think how how important it is for men to 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 really be introspective um because i think so much of us were like especially With both of us being Southern, it's the men are the providers in the world that we've got to be the hard workers. We've got to, you know, bust our butts and our jobs and everything like that. And I'm not against hard work, but there's, you know, there's a fine line with everything in that. And just how important is it for, for, you know, for the men out there listening to just take a look at yourselves and just ask yourselves, is this really what's important to me. I mean, like you said, money's important, but you, you know, one of the first things you mentioned was just how healthy your relationship with your wife is right now and just how it's grown since then. So talk a little about that, just kind of that perspective on a, on a, um, on a, on a men's, uh, on that men's perspective. So the
1: data shows this and, I don't really like to speak in generalities, but I'll tell you what the data says because I've worked predominantly with men. Now when I speak on stages in the book, it's for everybody. Um, but the reason I work with men is we go into certain things, relationships, sex, other things that if there's a woman in the room, they literally shut down. But the statistic says this, um, it says this, that men crave respect, maybe not all men, but the majority of men crave respect. And I don't know if that comes from thousands and thousands of years of evolution and hunters and conquerors and competitors. I don't know what it is. And statistically women crave love That's statistically. So don't send me an email telling me that's bullshit. It's it's the data. Um, So if we go in knowing that men crave respect, um that's something that we can start with when we look in the mirror and say our drive is respect and what does the western modern world say respect is big jobs big cars fancy watch sexy things beautiful girl in the arm blah 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 and all those shiny things important and i say go get them all i mean heck i i'm all in on that but You can't do it at the compromise of your soul, your integrity, your happiness, fulfillment, and certainly not your relationships and your family. And that's the crap I see every day is that on this pursuit for when, when I get here and when I have this, then I will concentrate up. But the truth is the more you have and the more you get, when and more never actually happen because it becomes a drug. It becomes a fuel. It's that respect that we crave. And here's what men need. And the more I see it, the more I think about it, is we need connection to other men. Um, We've become a fatherless society with either our fathers working way too much um, or they're just not there. And they're certainly not there emotionally and mentally. And for some reason, we crave that connection. And a lot of times we do it through the locker room. Um, a lot of, you know, that competitiveness, that teasing each other, that mocking each other. And it's unhealthy. It's toxic, really. And that that strives into our businesses. that strives on the golf course and the locker rooms and just in life when what we really want is a real authentic conversation with the guys. say, hey, look, man, I don't have it all figured out. I can't figure out why I can't be the man I want to be for my wife. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why I'm really scared in business right now. We won't have that conversation because we think we look weak when we ask for help, when we get off the white horse. And let me tell you something, gentlemen, you're going to die on that white horse for more and when and craving that respect. I see it time and time again. And there is a thin sheet of ice. I am passionate about this right now. I'm somewhat angry because I get to see it every day. There is a thin sheet of ice wherever you stand right now in the bottom of the pit. And I see it every day is we'll compromise our families, our friends, our network, our integrity for just a little bit more, just a little bit more and I've got two very good friends and I hope they listen to this because I'm a little upset about it right now is they did everything in their power to get to the top of the political game and they are there and they are using it for absolute madness and destruction right now. And it's all about money and power and it has nothing to do with making this world a better place. And that is a thin sheet of ice and it doesn't take much to hit that rock bottom or to make that mistake or push it just a little bit too far and let me tell you, the universe, God, whatever you want to believe in, it will push back. It always does. Yeah. It always brings itself back to balance, right? And so. The arc,
0: the arc of the moral universe. That's
1: right. And so for me, um, I want us men, um, and women crave connection too. And women, you know, women have a lot of. I'm so glad we've made so much. We've got a long way to go. We've made so much progress on that front. I do know we've got a long ways to go. But for us men, to know that we crave that respect, but we truly need that deep connection, that real honest conversation. And I'm not talking, I'm talking about that connection with your man where you can be lifted up, you can be kicked in the face when you need it, you can be held accountable, but to your principles and your integrity and your values, not to your next million dollar business deal, because I promise you at the end of the day, it will not fulfill you and no one in the world is gonna read your resume at the end of the day. And I just don't want people to go, into these giant houses where there's no one there that loves them and what lonelier feeling is that you walk in a 15,000 square foot house and you overlook it and there's not a single person in the world that loves you. They're either scared of you or they're gone. And so that's what we need to fix. And there's something good about competing and conquering It makes it's where into, you know, it's innovation happens there. It's where growth happens there, but we can't do it at the risk of our integrity, our values, our relationships with others, our mindset, and ultimately, um, at the expense of other people. And it's just something we've got to watch out for. I'll get off my soapbox. I feel like I could have gone for hours on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> brother, brother, that was incredible. That, that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, i I'm, I was just, you know, I was just like really resisting the urge to just be like, Oh, preach my brother. Preach. <laughs> um, but one of the, one of the things you said to me, just really, really knocked me out is that we are a fatherless society. I mean, are our fathers? I mean, I had a great relationship with my dad, but in many ways, he was not. I mean, he was more of a best friend than less of a dad. And I heard a just an incredible interview with Ray Lewis last week, and just you, I mean, you remember how much of a badass he was on the field. He was a beast. But, <laughs> oh, no doubt, no I would doubt. mess with him now. <laughs> Please. I would mess with but period. What, yeah, but one of the thing one of the things he said was so much of his motivation when he was playing and you know, lifting his team up. And I mean he was like the ultimate rah-rah teammate, but so much of his inspiration was because he never got to like he never got to meet his dad on the other side of that gate after mm-hmm. the game. And for his dad to say, "Good job. I'm proud of you." Mm. And that's something that I feel like is really missing in this world that was missing in my life. And there there's just like a lot of like a lot of people, a lot of men really find different ways and really unhealthy ways to deal with that absolutely. I see it.
1: I see both sides of it. I get to see um, usually the men that come to me, you know, they want to be better in all facets of their life. And I'm not in the business of changing people. I'm in the business of bringing the best out of them. But sometimes you got to go through, like, was it Winston Churchill said, is if you find yourself in hell, keep going. (laughs) Um, You know, we, again, when we look in the mirror and you have courage and it takes great courage to say, I don't have it figured it out that I'm not happy in this, that I don't have it figured out in my relationship, that I want my sex life to be better, that I want more self-confidence and self-respect, that I haven't made the money. I've actually looked like I've made all the money, but I'm broke, that I feel overwhelmed and stressed with my time. It takes courage to ask someone like us to help you get through that and know that we ask for help to get through that. That's how we got here. And so I think it takes more courage and more self-love to just say, you know what? I just want to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. Help me get there. And I think that's the most courageous thing you can do. And it's to me, you started with this, and I'll finish finish this comment here. It's for the outer game. And I talk about the outer game as your career, your money, success, your relationships, um, your friendships. That's the outer game of life. The inner game is mindset mastery, unconditional self-love, self-confidence, self-respect, vulnerability, authenticity. That's the inner game. That's the peace of mind. That's the fulfillment. Some people call it soul. That's where we need to spend most of our time because the rest of it will take care of itself. It's not if life happens, it's when life happens. And when life happens, you do that inner game. You do the work every single day to exercise those heart muscles, those mind muscles, those soul muscles. Those muscles get really, really strong and they will help you be the leader, the woman, the man, the husband, the wife, the parent, or the friend that you need to be, and that is building and living legendary lives. Because no one, and I want you to be happy and successful. I want you to make all the money in the world, but no one's going to read your resume when you leave. They're just simply not going to do it because they honestly they don't care.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: That I mean that
0: that's such a great point. I mean, I you know I I call my business Royal Hearts Coaching, and I work with. I work with Kings. I work with people who are those heart centered leaders in the world, in their homes and their schools and their families. And that's one thing that I see on a daily, daily basis is just if you do the work, if you do that heart work, if you do that inner work, your outer work, your outer game is going to transform. I mean, 100%. there is no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like Newton's third law. It is going to react.
1: A hundred percent. And, um, I don't want to go too down. This It's it's interesting that, um, as you do the inner work and some really good side benefits is you'll see your relationships change. You will see the people that you spend time with change because you, as you build boundaries and self-confidence and you start working on yourself, Um, like attracts, like, and light attracts, like, and you probably, if you're struggling with self-confidence or you're angry or you feel overwhelmed and stressed or worried and in fear all the time, chances are the people that you're around feel that way too, because that's what we attract into our lives. And as you start doing this inner work or you start working on your business or financial skills, or you start working on your mindset, or you start working on reconquering your time, you're going to start surrounding yourself intentionally and unintentionally with people who make you better and you start speaking a different language, you start feeling a different way, your energy is different. I call it like climbing a mountain. And as you climb the mountain, your view changes. And 99% of the world stands on the ground. They never climb the mountain because they don't want to look in the mirror and do the hard work. But once you start doing the hard work, your language changes, your energy changes, your self-esteem changes, everything changes. And you start attracting those type of people into your life. And it doesn't mean you don't love the other people. It doesn't mean you don't want the best for them. You'll just start simply changing. And that's what's beautiful about this inner work and it will manifest in your outside life. 10 X, I promise you, just concentrate on the inner game.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about when you're working on, when you're working on your inner game and leveling up your inner game, that can be a lonely feeling because you're going to lose people that have been in your life for a long time. And that could be a really lonely feeling. And that's something that, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people deal
1: with. Make, I deal with what it. you're doing. However, yeah. though, the, here's the flip side is you're making space, energy and time for the right people to appear. Like I would rather have one right person with love. Who's doing the work with me. Who's, who's walking this journey for lack of a better word with me than 12 who are not. And so, um, and so, the flip side of it is you're making space and time and there's, you know, we lack patience in this world so be patient. But when those negative influences, those energy fire vampires are the people who are bringing you down and you know who they are. And, um, when you, when you start, doesn't mean you don't love them and want the best for them. When you start, you know, slowly breaking up with those people over time, you're making room for someone else. Cause we could truly only nurture so many relationships anyway with our time or energy you know all the all the challenges and and time constraints of life there's only so many people you can nurture anyway and so nurture the right ones and be fit you know you want it to be a quid pro quo you want to give as much as you receive and vice versa and that's the great analogy for all friendships and all relationships in general
0: indeed indeed i think that's a great note to wrap up on my friend tommy breedlove how can people find you how can
1: people get this incredible book you get the book anywhere at your favorite bookstore um, I would say in the airports in your favorite bookstore or online, you can get it anywhere. It's literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's in audible. It's in all the electronic formats that hearts desire. It's hardback soft cover. Um, go to your local bookstore. It's everywhere. And um, let me know what you think about it. You can see me on Instagram at Tommy Breedlove. Um, we're always trying to put life hacks, life, goodness, inspiration, innovation out there. We, we do not play in the darkness of the world. So if you're looking for a little light, either in your Facebook feed or your Instagram or LinkedIn feed. Check us out. We're very proud of it. We work very hard on it. And so check us out there or you can just go to tommybreedlove.com. And if you want to get a flavor of the book, if you go to tommybreedlove.com forward slash gifts, I'll spell it for my Southern accent, G-I-F-T-S. If you go there, you will get, because of as we record this, it's been a tough time. A lot of worry, a lot of fear. We're in a pandemic. There's a lot of things happening. And so we've opened up the financial confidence and freedom chapters and the mastering your mindset chapters. If you want to get a flavor of the book, there's about 20 or 25 pages is there. What the book's all about some stories and simple tactics and some fun, check it out. It's free of charge. And we'd love to hear from you there. And um, I hope that you guys all participate in your own rescue and check it out. and Let me know what you think. And you know, send me an email too. send me an email. Tell me you either love this or hate this, but if you hate it, so be it i'll keep doing what i'm doing (laughs) you better you better
0: my brother it's been a pleasure talking to you my friend thank you so much and um definitely would love to have you back absolutely have a great one my brother all right you too brother and that'll do it for this episode of the solar powered podcast a presentation of royal hearts coaching for more information you can find me on royal on um on royalheartscoaching.com Or you can reach out to me on social media at at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ryan Hall Writes. Or you can shoot me a good old-fashioned email at ryan at royalheartscoaching.com. That'll do it for this episode. Until we meet again, this is Ryan Hall saying thank you so much for listening. I love you all. And go get solar powered right after you wash those hands.